This is Agents Influence Podcast. You know, I think the two most important moments in a human's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you're born. I was lucky long ago to find out why I was born. I openly share all the principles that I have used to do what I do because I was put on the planet to teach. There's a lot of things that I am bad at. There's a few things I'm really good at. I've spent a lifetime getting much better at the few things I'm good at. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. So here we are and getting right into it because uh, we don't have a lot of time and I want to make sure we get all this value in. Uh, today we have on, on the uh, podcast with us, which is somebody who we had on the podcast in the summer of 2014. If you didn't get a chance, go back and listen to it. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast. But today we have uh, Dan Burris and Dan is with uh, Burris Research. A lot of you guys out there know uh, Dan because you follow him on his newsletter, you've read his books, you've uh, probably interactive maybe in some of his online learning centers, heard him speak, consulting, whatever it can be. But you know that we've got a special gym on today. Uh, so Dan, uh, welcome to uh, the Agents Influence podcast. Hey, it's great to be with you again. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's uh it's been a while. It's really cool whenever I get somebody who is talking about, uh, I think at the, the I could get a couple, a little bit of feedback over the last couple of months on some of your stuff. It had to do with the way that you um, uh, marketed and got your app out so that you would send a link to people and they could download it directly. And I think um, some of this, the software you were using at that time was kind of new, like wow. And I think a lot of other companies are using something similar today. So. Uh, once again, you being a revolutionary, and it's just seeing how the things that you were talking about then are actually unfolding and happening today. So that's why I thought it was a good podcast, Dan. Yeah, well, thank you. No problem, no problem. So getting right into it, um, let me ask you, Dan, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Well, I'm an iPhone user mainly because of security. I mean, there's a reason that the Navy SEALs use the iPhone and the infantry uses the droids. Um, you know, I developed the first national real estate apps as well as the first apps for the military. And uh, so I have uh, really good knowledge of the different types of platforms. And uh, Apple is just a more secure platform. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I use that. Really? That was like really good. So it, the security forces in the military use the iPhone, but the infantry uses the droids. Wow. Well, yeah. Basically, think of it this way. I mean, I'm a. Uh, you won't see this on my website, but I'm a strategic advisor to the Joint Chiefs and the DOD and the head of cybersecurity for the entire United States. And with that said, uh, Apple has just got a lead in that. I'll just give you a quick thing that makes sense. Go ahead. If you wanted to develop an app for uh, any kind of an Android uh, system, uh, anybody can do that, put it up there, and, and it takes. Uh, if you want to develop an app for Apple, uh, they go through, they test it, they vet it, and a good percent of them get rejected. Uh, the reason is they've got malware, they've got spyware, they've got other things in there. So anybody can put anything with no vetting into the droid world, but everything in the Apple world is tested by Apple techs and uh, 
and it isn't accepted until they've gone through and vetted it. So that alone gives that you sense. an amazing level of security. That makes sense, and that is an important thing today. I just always loved it how you said the security versus infantry because I was talking with another technology technology guy three or four months ago named Mark Malis. He owns QQ Solutions, and he told me that he finds this to be true in a lot of technology. A lot of the developers and the product managers use droids, but more of the CEO's business admin side uses a lot of iPhones. That was just something that he had pointed out. So I love your the way you separated it. So so Dan, um, uh, what's the last like cool app or interesting or good app that you'd want to maybe give to the listeners? Downloaded any? Uh, yeah, actually, the last app I downloaded was my uh, Tesla app uh, because I have the new uh, Model X Tesla, and for me to summon it, uh, in other words, to have it open the garage door and unpark itself and come over and open the door so I can step into it without me doing anything, I needed to download my Tesla app and it works quite amazing. Get out of here, Dan. So you have a Tesla that is in your garage parked and you can summon your car with your cell phone. Yep, and it opens the garage door and pulls out. Uh, it's quite amazing. And wow. Of course, it uh, it can park in unique places. Uh, uh, it, it's wow. Just, basically, when I was looking to buy a new car, uh, I tried you know so, uh, the the usual high end uh, uh, you know the Lexus and BMWs and Mercedes and so on. And uh, when I tried the Model X uh, Tesla, because I was looking for an SUV, um, it was you know it made all the other cars seem like I was buying uh, history. Uh, the past. Wow. And, and, and being who you are and what you do, you can't buy the past. You know what I mean? You gotta. Yeah. You well, let me just give a little tip. Go for, ahead. Go let's, ahead. Listening. Let's give a tip that you may not realize. Um, so, this is for our agents out there. And that is that uh, the Model X, again, the SUV, uh, you know, you're starting at around 80000 for that, but you get a $7,500 tax break immediately. Uh, that's a of course, a government tax break. But then, now here's the kicker. If you are in California or some other states, there are additional state incentives. For example, in California, you can take another $4,500 off of that price. And then, if you're a small business, pay attention now, you get an additional uh, federal 25000 off. So we got 25000 minus 7500 more minus, depending on your state, 4000 uh, you're now down in the 50s for a car that doesn't use gas and that is one of the most technically advanced cars uh, you can get. So I just, uh, not a lot of people realize the 25000 additional because if you're a small business owner, it only works with the Model X because of the weight. It's a little heavier than the sedan and that put it into a new category. So there's another tip for you. Fantastic. And I think I'm going to get off this podcast and I'm going to go look at a Tesla. Not, well, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet, Dan, but you just made some very, very, very valid points as to why it's really not, it's more economically feasible than people may think. Oh, absolutely. And that's a high-end model. Why don't you look at the $60,000 Tesla and then start deducting some of those dollars and you might uh, see some interesting figures come up. So, Dan, take us back. And very few people that I think in our industry um, know exactly who you are, unless they're really, really studying and trying to learn soft trends, hard trends, uh, the consumer, the way different things are moving. Take us back as far as you want back, and fast forward if you could to now to to tell us where you started and how you got where you are. 
Well, you know, uh, all through the uh, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, I've been a keynote speaker at some of the largest uh, life insurance and property casualty uh, insurance conferences there are. So I'm sure some have uh, run into me. I mean, I can go back to the early 80s when I was speaking at the top of the table and million dollar round table and so on uh, on the life side. So I have been around in that field, but of course I work in many. But if, to go back, uh, I've started six companies over the years. Um, uh, three of them were national leaders in the first year. My first uh, business was in aviation. I had my own airplane design. I was actually a test pilot for that. And we had 37 national locations in the first year. Out of the uh, six companies I've started, five were profitable in the first year. And I've never had a business loan to get them started. So I, when I write books, and I've written six books, uh, Flash Foresight being my last one, which was, I think you know, a New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller, I openly share all the principles that I have used to do what I do because I was put on the planet to teach. You know, I think the two most important moments in a human's life is the day you're born and the day you find out why you're born. I was lucky long ago to find out why I was born. I started out before starting those companies teaching. Uh, so I taught biology and physics, so I really have a science background. But I also have a kind of an art background, too, in that I put myself through school playing lead guitar in a rock band and, and uh, you know, wow. do some other things like that. So it's kind of a little bit of a balance. Musician I, as well. That's awesome. Yeah. The key here is there's a lot of things that I am bad at. There's a few things I'm really good at. I've spent a lifetime getting much better at the few things I'm good at. You don't want, Dan, for you to say that. That is a very, um, that's like a popular thing right now is that, and, and, and I don't want to say that, that you're saying that just right now. It just it seems like it's hit my brain recently that I hear a lot of people saying, quit, I'm having a conference in three weeks and it's called Double Down on Your Strengths and Forget Your Weaknesses. And, and one of the things that, that I'm going exactly what you just said is, is that I think people worry about and are always trying to increase their weaknesses and they don't realize that most of them are just hardwired weaknesses and they neglect their strengths. And in a way, that's what you just kind of said. You're figuring the good thing, finding out what you're good at, and then you're just multiplying that. Yeah, I, I hire people for the weakness spots because that's their strengths. Makes for a really good company. Um, but let me give you another take on that. I know this isn't necessarily what you thought we were going to talk That's about. That's fine. No, we're doing good. Um, there, you are, and our listeners, you all have multiple talents. And if you put your ego aside, you would say, yep, you're right, Dan. We have multiple talents. Um, and a talent is fun. You're good. Heck, you're talented. You can make a living off of that. But you also have a unique gift, and most people never discover it. And a gift is different than a talent. You see, if with a talent, you work hard, you get good, you get better, and then all of a sudden you start plateauing out. You can't seem to get much better. And if you're sick today, you know what? There's other talented people we can get to take your place. If you're using your unique gift, and if you discover that, actually there's an infinite up. You can be 70 years old and get better at 71. And if someone is sick, if you're sick today, uh-oh, we're in trouble. We can't get someone else to take your place. So here's an insight for you. Wow. And that is your talents can keep you from discovering or using your gift because they're fun, they're good, you can make a living doing it. But if you discover what your gift is, your unique gift, and then you direct the talents to support the gift, it becomes the thermal 
that allows you to soar without flapping your wings. You see, most people are just flapping their wings all the time, but some birds have learned to find a thermal. They don't even flap, they just soar. Why don't you soar instead of flap? Woo! Wow, thank you very much, Dan. And it's, I mean, I mean, not only were you, was that very profound, but you were painting a great picture that it was in my head the whole time that, um, whew, okay, wow, okay, let's just keep moving on because this is fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm not saying, Dan, let's keep moving on because like we're boring. This is, this is unbelievable stuff. And you're right. This wasn't even the focus, but, um, forget the focus. Let's just roll with what's, uh, what's, what's happening, but let's get on to it though. Let, let, let us be, let, let's get really serious here and, and try to stay focused on that is artificial intelligence. I'm just, I think we're hearing it a lot. We're hearing a lot about in this industry and uh, I've read a couple books recently and, and I've kind of started a huge conversation on it, which has to do with, you know, our staff being eliminated. A lot of people, and I'm going to stop here and I just want to give you, give me your thoughts. A lot of people say that they used to say the agent will be eliminated, whether or not that's true. They're now kind of coming around and saying the agent will be eliminated, but everything around them that helps their processes and their workflows and their calendar, all that kind of stuff will be replaced with some type of robotic or artificial intelligence or something along that realm. Is that right or wrong? What's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, the people that are saying that are uh, don't have a good track record of predicting the future and being right. So um, because I started Burroughs Research 34 years ago and with six books and thousands of articles published with a really good track record of being right, let me give you a better thought about that. And by the way, I'm not here saying, wow, I can do something you can't. As you know from that last podcast we did in 2014, I talked about how to separate hard trends those are future facts. Those are certainties we know will happen from the soft trends. Those are the ifs and maybes, the things that might happen. So I will motivate uh, the listeners to go back and dig through that 2014 podcast and re-listen to that because that would lay a good foundation to help you become better at being uh, at seeing the future. So now taking a look at this, uh, there is a reason your windshield is larger than your rearview mirror. Hey, it helps to know it's up ahead. And uh, and so when you start, unfortunately, thinking about the future, when you look at artificial intelligence and tools like that, whether it's virtualization, augmented reality, or whatever it might be, we tend to be glancing up way too much at the rearview mirror. In other words, we're using our past and current uh, experience to see a future that looks quite different. So here, let's put it in specific terms. Oh, there will be agents in the future, but they will not resemble the rearview mirror view of the agent. Uh, they will be, uh, there's new and different value that they can bring. I mentioned that there is hard trend certainties, future facts. My number one certainty in this world of uncertainty is that the future is all about relationships. And I think it's really important to remember that as we look at AI and other technologies that are indeed changing our world on us, and in many cases transforming our world, that this is a human world we live in. And relationships are all based on trust. The better the relationship, hey, the higher the trust. So you wanna make sure that you are becoming that trusted advisor uh, rather than just an advisor or rather than just an agent. Uh, and someone that is giving 
new value, value that is um, that is more relevant than the old value you used to give. You see, what I want you to do is to not change your personal brand as a business person. I want you to elevate your brand in the direction of uh, that the future is going based on the hard trends that are shaping the future. So it's not about changing your brand. It's about elevating your brand to increasing relevancy. So in that, uh, so now if we take a look at artificial intelligence and there are, by the way, there's not one type of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. uh, there is Watson. I do a lot of work uh, strategically advising the C-suite of uh, IBM and have worked with Watson over the years. So Watson is, uh, as a supercomputer, it is a cognitive computer, which is a little different than the uh, supercomputer that, uh, uh, for example, Google is using, and uh, which is deep learning and so on. So on Watson, it, you don't program it. You don't hire programmers. You teach it. It's cognitive. It learns over time. So I got a question for you, uh, Jason, and for our listeners. I want you to think of the answer in your mind. You don't have to say it, and then I'll give you the answer. We'll see how good you are. I was at a had a meal that was designed by Watson, the supercomputer, and it was a combination of foods and flavors and uh, and ingredients that no human chef would ever put together. Yet the meal was amazing. And by the way, I was having it with a number of other executives, and we all loved it. So here's the question: Remember, you don't program it; you teach it. How long did it take Watson to read and learn everything in a little over a million cookbooks? as well as learn everything that was ever written in the field of smell, very important when you're making good food, and everything that was ever written in the field and the science of taste, so that it could prepare a meal that no human would put together, but yet any human would say, wow, that was fantastic. How long did that take? Think of a number in your mind. By the way, it's impressive. Now, here's the answer. That took one second. Oh, my goodness. That took one second. Now, let me ask you something, Jason. Do you think that'll take more time next year or less time? Less time. See, you're a pretty good futurist when you start thinking about <laughs> it. It's going to take less time. And so I have to ask myself, uh, there are 72,000 pages in the U.S. tax code. Why don't I have Watson uh, read and learn, you know, take an eighth of a second, read and learn everything that's in the U.S. tax code, and why don't we take another second or two and read and learn every tax code of every country in the, in the world? Uh, would, if I was a tax or auditing company, would I have an advantage? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And what if I had it read uh, every legal case and uh, past precedent that had ever been set in a court of law uh, in, in the United States and globally. If I was pleading a case and had a little Bluetooth connected to my iPhone or Android, which was connected to Watson in the cloud, and I needed a past precedent, do you think uh, Watson can pull something out uh, that I might not have known of because it was obscure but yet key to my uh, case? In a New York second. In a New York second, you're absolutely right. In other words, do I, need, do I get rid of the lawyer? Well, no, but I now have a lawyer that has access to the world thanks to that supercomputer. Um, as a matter of fact, Watson is being used right now and knows more about chemotherapy than an oncologist, yet we still need an oncologist. If I had cancer, and thank goodness I don't, but if I did and I needed an oncologist, 
I would prefer to have one that had access to Watson as they were trying to figure out how to treat me. Um, very see, true, very true. Uh, now that's a 21st century oncologist. That is a windshield view of an oncologist, not a rearview mirror view of an oncologist. So as we're looking at our agents, what I want you to do is start thinking of, we have the ability to transform our role. Let me give you a short range prediction. Um, most futurists never do that because you might remember it. Uh, I'm gonna do that because I don't want you to forget it because it is gonna happen. It's based on hard trends and if you don't like it too bad, it's gonna happen anyway. And that is over the next five short years, we're going to not change, no, 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 we're going to transform how we sell, how we market, how we communicate, how we collaborate, how we innovate, how we train, how we educate, how we pay for things. Hey, you know what? We're transforming every business process. That is a hard trend. The tools to do it are right there. Now, what is the soft trend? The soft trend is will you, the person listening to this podcast, will you transform your business processes? That, my friend, is a soft trend. I don't know. That's up to you. You may not, you may stay living in the past, you may struggle, I don't know, but that's not what I want for you. So would it be safe to say that people who are constantly trying to change their business really, are, are they spinning in a circle because it's not changing, it's transformation? And I remember you hinting at this, you were saying um, uh, two, two or three years ago, you said that going from the uh, uh, 8-track to the cassette to the CD is a change, but going to a digital format as of iTunes is a transformation. I think that's kind of what you said. Good memory. Good memory. That's exactly right. Uh, you see, when you change something, it resembles the process or product or service before the change. If you transform it, it doesn't, really, it doesn't resemble it at all. It looks very totally new. Uh, just like, you know, uh, I don't know where my CDs are or my old records. I don't know where my film camera is or all those pictures. I don't care. I've got them all digitized. I've got access to them in my pocket or in your purse if you happen to be female listening to this anytime you want. See, that transforms how you listen to music. Did you know that, um, you know, the, the, the most number of pictures taken in the world are not taken with a camera. They're taken with a phone, the iPhone. Um, Makes sense. So, uh, so let me let me let me jump back here real quick. Okay, so um, pro approximately because I'm taking very detailed notes here for my for my editor on, on 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 around 14 minute mark. You said future is the future is about relationships. So if I'm an agent, we know that that's one of our um, greatest factors. That's one of our biggest tools we have in our chest is that we have a relationship with the insured. The insurance company can give us a good price. They can determine the type of service in so much way that we have. They determine the coverages that, they, that they're going to offer. But we hold that relationship card. But one thing that I think a lot of agents... Uh, wait, wait. Let me, okay, let me sorry. stop. Sorry, right. sorry, sorry. Wait. Go ahead. There's something, I think you hold a relationship card based on the past needs uh, and the way you define what you offer them currently. To hold the future relationship card, in other words, to continue to hold that relationship, you need to increase your relevancy because uh, the world of, of insurance whether it's property casualty, whether it's uh, personal or business, or the world of, uh, of life, 
all of that is dramatically changing. And, that, and that's where I was going to go is that a lot of agents today feel threatened by a lot of the direct writers um, and the captive agents who seem to be, in a way, slowly chipping at, at the, in, in this specific uh, arena, the personal lines market share. And we see and we feel as if maybe our competition so much anymore is not maybe the agent down the street, which it is, it's the online. And so when, but we feel as agents, tell us if we're wrong or right or how we should be looking at this, we feel as if, if we have the relationship, why is that person going online where they don't have that strong of a relationship? Right. It's what is it that they need? In other words, let's go back to a couple of questions. Are you learning as fast as your customers are learning? Are you changing as fast as your customers are changing? Uh, if you aren't out in front of where they are, you're slowly losing them. It kind of comes back to the idea of change versus transformation. If you're only changing a process, frankly, you're falling behind every year. You have to be transforming it. And you might think, well, that, that sounds risky. Uh, but remember, if you're basing your transformations on the hard trend future facts that are going to happen anyway, and you remember one of the principles I'm going to teach you now, and that is, if it can be done, it will be done. If you don't do it, someone else will. Then you realize that what is it, what is it that my customers need? Where is risk going? Because insurance is really about risk. Let's take car insurance, for example. Over the next five years, we're going to eliminate all, all blind spots. Um, when you eliminate blind spots, uh, what have you just done? Well, it turns out that 85% of the accidents are caused by blind spots. Wow. So we just got rid of 85% of the accidents. Um, by the way, would that impact a hospital's emergency room? Absolutely, it would. And absolutely. It absolutely uh, impact the premium that I collect for my clients, which impacts my revenue. Right, right, exactly. Because, uh, you know, I mentioned I've, I've got that new Model X Tesla, which is amazing in, in uh, autopilot. By the way, just a side note on autopilot. Um, if you, uh, when a pilot turns on autopilot, do the pilot and co-pilot leave the front of the cockpit and go back and have coffee? No. No. Well, you shouldn't do that in a car either. Just a little hint. Um, good thinking. Good good thinking. That, that, that seems like that should be common sense, but I think probably there will be a lot of people that try that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but as that gets better and better, what does that mean for car insurance? Is it going away? And the answer is, well, no. you got to follow the risk. The risk is changing, and the risk is moving. So it, there's a need for insurance. Where does the risk go? My, uh, my would say maybe in cyber, I think that's something that people think about. I mean, how, what if someone takes over my vehicle? There's got to be, that's a risk that's not assessed today, but I think could be a risk then, which could compensate and replace some of the other risk, which means the premium may stay the same. Am I looking at that wrong? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There could be that. and uh, uh, Or there's, you know, the car made a decision and uh, to, you know, not hit a couple of humans, but hit a a brick wall instead. Well, you know, I mean, what's uh, ah. who, who's got the risk of that? Gotcha. Uh, I see your point. I see. Yeah. Ah, I see that. I see that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the main point I'm making here is, hey, we still got risk that needs to be insured. You better be paying attention. And as a matter of fact, if you're talking about this to your clients, if you're helping your clients see the future of them 
and what they're trying to manage. If you're giving them the confidence that you understand the direction things are going based on the hard trends that we know are shaping the future, then you know what they're going to want to do? They're going to want to spend more time with you. Typically with insurance, we only talk to agents when we need more insurance or we have a problem. We don't talk to you that often. Why don't you give me a reason to talk to you more often? Maybe there's more that you could be selling me. Maybe there is more value that you could be bringing me. Uh, and I'm suggesting that that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the agent of the future is more of a trusted advisor that is bringing, is not just thinking one-dimensionally about insurance, because most, I think, agents think one-dimensionally about it, but instead is using two- and three-dimensional thinking when they think about how to multiply what they do and how to leverage the value they have. Wow, fantastic. We're going to wrap up with that because this has been I'm pretty sure people's brains are on fire, and if you know, that's why we put this in a digital format for you, so you can rewind. Because my, if you could see this uh, piece of paper that I have over here with the notes, um, fantastic. I love what you just ended it with there, though. You said, "Help your client see themselves," and I think that that right there sums it up for 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 being able to be, as you said, out in front of it. So you can give them a reason to talk to so that you can help them see themselves, which is going to better them, and you'll become that trusted advisor. Exactly. See themselves in the future and know that you've got uh, their back covered. So is anything you want to wrap up with here, Dan? Well, um, first of all, I think uh, for people that want some more information, they could go to Burrus, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com. I have a blog that's got a couple of million monthly readers. I think you might find uh, there. Of course, I also am on Huffington and uh, Harvard Business Review and others, so Wired, where I write blogs. Uh, I also, uh, on LinkedIn, I write uh, a couple times a week. I've got, I think, uh, 780,000 connections at this point. I think I'm in the top 35 in the world. Check that out. I think you'd like that. What's this online learning that I'm seeing here at Burris.com? Yeah, well, I launched that last year. I call it the uh, anticipatory organization. And basically, I'm teaching what I call the missing competency. And that is the ability to anticipate disruptions before they disrupt, problems before you have them, so you can pre-solve them, teach you how to, uh, to anticipate customer needs before they express them, and to anticipate um, game-changing opportunities before the competition. So that's what that learning system is about. Uh, we really, at this point, I'm not selling it to individuals. I'm selling it to organizations because if you have an anticipatory individual in an organization, they tend to be frustrated. <laughs> I can see that. That makes sense. Uh, so better to have a number of people that are doing it. And, uh, you know, so if you're part of a, a team, most agents have a team or you have a group of agents that want to band together, uh, then maybe uh, maybe that could work for you. Check it out. I think you'll, uh, it won a 2016 Product of the Year Award and it's being used uh, in a, doing amazing results with uh, companies of various sizes from the biggest like the IBMs down to smaller ones as well as um, it's being used for leadership training in the military at this point. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Dan. I uh, uh, This has been a treat. I appreciate it. Um, you're a you're a high-profile individual. I love the fact that you work with the Joint Chiefs of Staff and all that stuff. It says enough about you. Um, it, 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 I think you're one heck of a futurist. I have read 
um, your book, and it is amazing that you did write that. Uh, what was that? The late '80s. Sometimes I think you updated it in the '90s, if I'm correct. Uh, Flashpoint. Oh, uh, Flash Foresight actually uh, was not updated. I wrote that uh, about five years ago. Still, uh, by the way, it's selling more now than it was five years ago. Then that's not but, the one. Uh, but I've written uh, six books that have, uh, you know, I've written Techno Trends back. Uh, that was a '90s bestseller. That's what it was. Yes, uh, and uh, some others, but. You know, the newsletters that I put out is another thing you might find in the website because the newsletters, like the Technotrends newsletter, mm -hmm. I've had that for 34 years, got huge following on that, as well as some of the other resources. The thing I like about newsletters is they're, they, you get them every month, you get something. So you might want to check that out. I, and I absolutely get those. Uh, when I started getting them from a guy by the name we know in the industry, Rick Morgan, who talks about you a lot, um, I uh, I jumped on it and that's how I found out about you and I follow you to this day. The techno trends is what I get. So Dan, I appreciate your time. Oh, one last thing, one last thing. Well, get, give me a good book that they could read. Obviously one of your six would be good. Anything else? Well, I am currently writing a book right now around the anticipatory organization that'll be out in the beginning of the year. And I've been so busy writing my own book, I haven't been reading too many other ones uh, lately. So okay. I, I'm going to have to pass on that. But uh, okay. typically, most of my reading is the latest research on uh, new technologies and innovations and game changers so that I can, uh, uh, you know, pass. Uh, pass my you know take on whether those are big or little or how important they are on to clients. So um, okay, I think I can't help you too much there. I'm too busy writing my own right now. That's okay. You're writing your own, but you've got six that they could check out. So be sure to check him out. I'm pretty sure you can find it on Amazon. Also, come on here. He's got his own little store on Burris.com. Uh, he's got all kinds of stuff. This in, uh, anticipatory organization. Uh, model I think is actually pretty interesting and there is a lot of uh, agencies that are listening that you know are two three four man shops but really there's a bunch of insurance uh, executives that are listening to this and a bunch of large agencies so that might be something you want to check out there it's burrus.com b-u-r-r-u-s.com and you'll see it all right there to be honest with you it's it's worth going just to the website because when you come here it is very impressive it's very smooth the usability is fantastic you did a great job on it Dan um, so thank you for your time today. I really do appreciate it. I know the listeners learned a lot and I think you solidified some of the things that they may be thinking, but it's so outside the box. They, uh, they now have hope and hey, this guy understands what I'm talking about and maybe it'll help them continue forward. Well, thank you. You know, I lost the box a long time ago. I don't even know where it is anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, Dan, I appreciate it very much. And to all you listeners out there, um, I hope this was a treat for you because he really got my brain thinking. Um, there's, uh, I was writing down a couple marks um, when I was listening to this and the marking the time so that I can take it back directly to my team. And I hope you do that too. That's why we do what we're going to do at Agents Influence. And if there's anything you want to tell us, be sure to tell us your thoughts, tell us your ideas, and we're going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason uh, Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. Thanks. <laughs>